0: It's time for episode 417 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's falling in. I'm your co-host Dan Morin and I'm joined as always across this internet of ours by my good friend and pal and dungeon amigo Micah Sargent. How are you doing today Micah?
1: <laughs> I'm doing well Dan. Am I meant to believe that today is the first day of fall? Today is the first day of fall. I can't Holy believe it. Holy kabuki theater. We made it. I am pumped. <laughs> Fall's a good season. It is. In and you know this what else? house In we this support house fall. We support fall. In this
0: house we also support two fantastic guests. To my left this week, it is one of our delightful colleagues here on Relay FM, co host of Rocket, a game developer extraordinaire, many think, woman of so many talents. It's Brianna Wu. Welcome back, Bri.
2: The following takes place between 12:05 p.m. and 12:35 p.m. <laughs> Events occur in real time. <laughs> That's our new catchphrase for Clockwise. No one has ever used it before.
1: So good job.
2: Really? Oh, no.
1: Ever. (laughs) And uh, to my left is a developer on every one of Apple's platforms, uh, maker of the delightful and the best PCALC, as well as uh, a a dice roller and uh, a game that sometimes gets involved in a few help menus as well. It is James and my dungeon buddy, Thompson. Hello,
3: James. It's been a bit of a busy week, hasn't it? Um, (laughs) Indeed. Uh, Anyway, we call it autumn here. (laughs) All right, I'm going to kick off the podcast
0: today with a question about iPads. (laughs) Uh, The iPad mini is coming out. Uh, There are some reviews up this morning as we record this, and it made me wonder... What size iPad do you use right now? Have you used other sizes in the past? Would you consider using a different size than the one you've got right now? What are your iPad size thoughts, Bree?
2: You know, uh, I am a huge proponent of the iPad Mini, um, and I I think I have a different reason than most of the other people here. Uh, The iPad Mini is a perfect size that you can just throw it in a purse. So I always buy the cellular model of it, and it just drastically makes it uh, more usable, right? Like if you're going to an appointment or a meeting, you can just throw it in there. So I'm so unbelievably tempted to buy one of these for me, except and I'd love to know how y'all feel about it the magic keyboard. The magic keyboard is, in my opinion, the best accessory Apple has put out in the last few years. It is wonderful. It is the missing link that turns it into to a true laptop replacement when I go on vacation or, you know, I'm out of the house for a few days, which is rare and rare yeah. <laughs> with the pandemic. Yeah, I always, I, I often bring that instead of my M1 MacBook. So as much as I love the M1, the iPad mini, and that is my favorite size factor until Apple puts out a, a, a magic keyboard for the Mini, and I don't think you could do it well. I, I think I'm sticking with the 11 inch iPad.
1: Um yes, I agree with you, Bree. That uh I love the keyboard for my iPad. Um I have to sort of say now I recognize that this is not a typical situation for folks. Um due to my job, I have been blessed with an abundance of iPads. So I have a 12.9 inch iPad an 11 inch iPad. And my favorite one is my 11 inch iPad Pro that I've had for quite a while now. Um, it, I think the size is perfect. It, with the little, with the keyboard attached, it's fantastic. I do like using the 12.9 inch iPad for watching things. It's kind of interesting. The smaller one I like for content creation, the bigger one I like for content consumption. And, I, again, because of work, have uh, ordered the iPad Mini, and yes, I a thousand percent agree that it is, in my mind, sorely missing that Magic Keyboard, uh, because that thing just takes the iPad to the next level. It'll be interesting to see what third parties do in the space, but in any case, I have a feeling that the new iPad Mini is going to become my favorite iPad um, of all of them. Because I just I have different uses for for them. A lot of times I'm using my eleven inch iPad pro as a, another screen for my Mac with a sidecar. And so, the The thought of uh, maybe replacing that with an iPad Mini um, or using the iPad Mini as my go-around, because I also carry a bag with me in most places I go, and being able to just boop, pop that into the bag is so nice. So I'm very looking forward to
3: the iPad Mini. But um, yeah, I kind of uh, use all the different sizes. What about you, James? I'm a, a technology Goldilocks in that I typically go with whatever the medium-sized iPad currently is. <laughs> Uh, I have the 11-inch Pro just now. I had the 10.5-inch before that. For me, I find the Mini is too small to watch or read things on. But the larger Pro is too big and unwieldy to hold f- for long periods, especially if you're trying to do things like AR or whatever. Um, but the truth is, like I love the iPad. And I, as well as you know, developing apps for it, I try to keep finding a happy place for it in my life. But aside from some very specific tasks like uh, music creation, comic reading, playing D&D, things like that, I find I end up using the smallest and largest things after all. Those either being my phone or my laptop or my desktop or whatever. So I guess I'm more of a reverse Goldilocks and you should probably not Google that. Um, <laughs> I think the iPad is great for traveling light on vacation, sitting in coffee shops, um, especially with a magic keyboard, as you said. Um, But I'm not doing an awful lot of that right now. So maybe next year? I, I, you know, I I think I'm close to
0: James on this one. I have a 10.5 inch iPad Pro from the last design go around, and it's pretty good. I I do cast covetous glares at those new iPad, uh, the 11 inch models. And I think there's something about that size, I agree, is is pretty good for it. I had a Mini, uh, I think the Mini 2, many years ago, and I really liked it for a long time. But I think eventually, uh, when I wanted to do more on it, uh, the screen always did feel a bit restrictive in size. Uh, clearly, the answer, if we anybody else saw this morning's Microsoft event, is just two Minis glued together uh, that you can then open up. That's That's... Clearly the way of the future. So uh, I think that, you know, it is a good point. As both Bri, you and Micah mentioned the the lack of a smart keyboard or magic keyboard on the iPad mini definitely does mean it's not as well suited. You can always obviously attach a Bluetooth keyboard, but I don't think any of the Bluetooth ones out there are are as good as uh, the magic keyboard. So, yeah, I I, the temptation is strong because I love the idea of it being so small and and light and easy to carry around, especially because I have a MacBook Air That I spend a lot of time doing, uh, you know, uh, work on when traveling. But the 11 inches still, it might just be too, the gravitational pull is too strong. Anyways, thanks (laughs) for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Brianna.
2: So, you know, Apple Arcade debuted just about two years ago uh, to this day. It came out on September 12th, uh, back in 2019. And I feel like this is enough time for us to kind of have a retrospective on uh, this service. It was kind of introduced to solve the problem of uh, iOS gaming, which is that it's this uh, in-app purchase-laden glut of microtransaction fun-paying games. And uh, Apple Arcade was kind of designed to solve that, so I guess I wanted to start with uh, you, Micah, and ask like, what is your not not post mortem because we still use it, but <laughs> your current assessment of Apple Arcade? Uh, did it can I hit the spot for you?"
1: Apple Arcade originally was what was kind of a hit the spot for me. Um, it was the place where I could go, and as a person who doesn't. Didn't really consider myself a gamer, I could go in and find something that was of interest to me. Um, But Uh, And and so saying that, sort of looking at it, I think that what's been good and uh, surprising, actually, about Apple Arcade is that they do continue to add titles to it uh, somewhat regularly, and that those titles continue to be uh, a mix of new things. Also, apps, uh, games that existed outside of the Apple Arcade store in the first place, kind of coming to the Apple Arcade store. I like that there's a, a mix of those. But... I, in recent uh, months, have become a bit of a gamer, and I really like to play um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and similar games to that sort of adventure RPG kind of game. And in sort of taking on this new persona, so to speak, um, the Apple Arcade games have kind of fallen by the wayside because they they're not as engaging, uh, in in most cases, as uh, what's available on uh, different platforms. So, with that in mind, I think that you know, Apple Arcade is still not quite um, up to snuff with what we're seeing from uh, the, the stalwart game console uh, and uh, game studios. But I am, I'm surprised at the overall um, output of apple arcade and i think that there's still something to it for sure Uh, james what are your thoughts
3: i mean when it first appeared i did the free trial and i paid for a few months after that and a couple of things held my interest from the initial lineup but i realized after a while i was still paying for it and not actually playing anything on it anymore um, one of the problems I found was that the previous gen Apple TV 4k of the time was really underpowered for playing some of the more ambitious titles they had up there. And I typically want to play games on the big screen with a controller. Um, also they were pretty slow to add new titles after the first batch. And when I got the new Apple TV earlier this year, it, I got offered another free trial and I gave it a fair go, but nothing really hooked me then either. Um, I did forget to cancel the subscription, so Apple got at least another fiver out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, did I cancel it? I should probably oh, no. check that. <laughs> um, but, you know, just because it didn't work for me doesn't mean it's a failure, though. I like the idea in principle, especially if it means developers can make the games they want to make with Apple fitting some of the bill. Um, and I know other people that use it and and like the the, the model, uh, but honestly if I was going to subscribe to anything right now I would rather give my money to Microsoft of all people for their Game Pass lineup um if I could buy an Xbox Series X which I can't
2: <laughs> Yeah
0: Apple Arcade I've had a real up and down relationship with it I liked the I you know the idea and when it started out there were a bunch of games that I played and enjoyed but I kind of trailed off a bit, and eventually I canceled my subscription. I did cancel it, I, I although, like James, I let it linger probably for a few months before I realized, wait, I'm not playing any games on this right now. Uh, I have since ended up with trying it for a free trial when that came around again, but, like James, didn't really find anything that was grabbing me. And then I ended up the other week having to upgrade to uh, the Apple One bundle to increase my iCloud storage, of all things. And so I ended up getting Apple Arcade again, and I have barely touched it. Uh, And I don't know, maybe it's just I haven't found a lot of games recently in any form that I've been super excited about. Um, I, you know, I moved a couple weeks ago and I have not even set up my Xbox yet or my switch or any of that. And I just haven't had the time to do it i think some of the the frustration comes with there have been this trend recently where they're bringing back these classic ios games so i know like super Stickman man golf which is a game i played a lot it was on there they had that new uh, altos odyssey section and then i saw tiny wings like a game from many many years ago coming back and that's great I, I loved all those games but i also played all those games a lot and i feel kind of burned out on them and it's like bringing them back isn't enough to make me feel like, oh, yeah, this service is not just giving me games from like four or five years ago at this point. So I like the idea. I hope Apple sticks with it. I think Apple's had a tricky relationship with games for basically its entire existence. I don't think it entirely understands games. I think they're trying to make a good go of it, but uh, something fundamentally feels disconnected in there. So, yeah, I'm not uh, I, I nothing bad about it, but it doesn't seem to have done it for me. Brianna, why don't you wrap us up here?
2: Well, you know, I have a more optimistic, uh, appraisal, I think, than the rest of everyone else here. I, I brought this, um, I brought this topic forward because, uh, Castlevania Grimoire of Souls, uh, just came out on Apple Arcade and I was, I was really surprised with it because they, they seem to have bought a normal, IAP laden, uh, fun pain, slow death, like churn every day kind of game, they've just removed all the microtransactions from it. And it's still this really churning experience, even though it's. It's really true to the to the, you know, the Castlevania universe. And I was so disappointed with this because I feel like overall, Apple Arcade has made a lot of headway in uh, basically restoring faith that Apple can be a good platform for um, for gaming. Uh, you know uh, you 've had a lot of great uh, games have come out for it that i 've certainly played a lot of, though, like you said Dan, many of those are just remakes of old games um, i I want this to succeed, and I think what would help a lot would be if there were uh, more really, really beautifully done graphical games. Like, Apple will pump millions of dollars into an episode of The Morning Show, Mm -hmm. but they're not really doing that for uh, Apple Arcade. These are still kind of middling, developed games. So, I'd like to see them, like, bring a Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, make a Mm -hmm. mascot. Really, really invest uh, some identity in this, because I feel like it's not many tweaks away from being a first-tier game service. And just one more thing, you know, Netflix and other people are deciding to get into the game development development space. I 100% believe in Apple more than I believe in Netflix as far as uh, kind of developing social gaming. And I think there's just a couple of tweaks away from really succeeding.
0: All right, that's two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise. And this week we want to tell you about a little thing we're doing here at Relay FM. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and for the third consecutive year, Relay FM are supporting the life-saving mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, finding cures saving children. St. Jude is leading the way the world understands treats and defeats childhood cancer and other life-threatening threatening diseases. But they can't do it without the help of people like you. Because of generous donors, families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, or food because all a family should have to worry about is helping their child stay alive. For context, the the average cost to treat just one child with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, the most common form of childhood cancer, is $203,074. To make this possible, about 80% of the funds necessary to sustain and grow St. Jude must be raised each year from generous donors. This September, the Relay FM community has come together to raise over half a million dollars for the kids of St. Jude. You can be part of our best year ever by making a donation at stjude.org slash relay. This year, any donor making a single gift of $100 or more will receive an exclusive Relay FM Stickers of Thanks pack at the end of the campaign. And if your company matches donations, please send us a note, and we can have that amount routed to the campaign. Email Stephen at Stephen at Relay.fm. Go now to stjude.org slash Relay to support St. Jude. Let's cure childhood cancer together. All right, halftime is over. Let me throw it to Micah for his topic.
1: Well, howdy. Uh, my question, no, I'm just kidding. My question for you. Um, I'm just curious, what's the one new iOS 15 or iPadOS 15 feature you're most excited about? And if not excited, the you know, you're most interested in. James, we'll start
3: with you. So I've been running 15 in various forms since June. So I kind of forget what is actually new. But using my math wizard powers, I can offer you two features that I am both half interested in. Um, <laughs> I love it. Love it. Mm. So the focus stuff kind of, it lets me have a slightly longer do not disturb time at the weekend, which is something that I've wanted for nearly a decade. The joy of even the potential of some extra sleep cannot be overstated. And I have used the feature where you can paste stuff in from the camera. So I scanned a phone number and pasted it in. And that's pretty cool, as is all the sort of image to text stuff generally. One thing that is not there yet in 15, which I believe is back now in the developer beta of 15.1, is the screen sharing of iOS devices, which comes as part of the SharePlay tech. And that is going to make remote tech support of relatives an awful mm-hmm. lot easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: i uh, James picked one of my top two features, which is live text, which I agree is phenomenal. And just as anybody who used, you know, computers in the 80s and you're like, what? Turning images into text. That's magic. Uh, it, it is pretty astounding. And it reminds me of the kind of stuff that Apple has done with um, doing like speech to text. Right. Which also used to be this huge endeavor you needed other software for. And it was expensive and didn't work very well. And now it's just a thing we do with our phones like all the time. Um, the other thing, and this is kind of minor, but I think it's a thing that saves me a lot of time, is the integration of the two-factor codes into the password manager in iOS 15. Uh, I love this. I-, I loved when they added autofill for the codes that got texted to you. And so now being able to use the time-based one-time passwords um, instead of you know some of the third-party apps I've been using and just have it automatically fill in when I log into stuff, it's great. It saves me so much time. It makes it so much more... Uh, manageable to set up two-factor authentication for the huge number of sites that I've set it up for. So that's a real plus for me. And I think I, I will definitely end up saving a lot of time with that. Bree, what about you?
2: Oh, hold on. I was going to answer this when I'm getting a DM and a text message and <laughs> someone's slacking me. Um, I was just going <laughs> to say focus mode. Focus is the feature I am most looking forward to. When you Lead a team. People will not stop asking you questions. <laughs> and I can never focus on anything. I sometimes put my phone in my phone trunk of my car (laughs) so I can drive places without people bothering me. So um, I don't know if it, have any of you used this, the self-control app? Uh, This is wonderful. It's uh, it's on uh, um, uh, GitHub if you want it. It actually goes into your Mac and will disable Twitter and Facebook and anything social media related so you can't even freaking launch it for a set amount of time. Uh, Focus is the next best thing for that, so I am desperately looking forward to this, and I plan to use it every day. Uh, yes,
1: for me, the the feature I'm most looking forward to. I agree. Uh, a lot of those that you you folks mentioned are all ones that I um are I'm very excited about. But um, I really like the iCloud plus features uh there's iCloud private relay which is still in beta right now um but it soon will be um out of beta and hopefully at that point we'll see some improvements to the speed because that's the one thing with it uh for anybody who isn't aware that's listening uh what i or what uh, iCloud private relay is it is kind of a mixture of multiple uh sort of privacy and security tools that one would use online it's sort of like a VPN but it's also like some other things and it basically uh, d- disconnects your browsing activity and your IP address and your location from you. And so it helps to kind of anonymize you online even more so than a VPN can do on its own or some other tools can do on their own. Um, iCloud Plus also involves a really fun new feature that lets you use a custom domain for your email. And so uh, as many of us on this podcast, I'm sure are uh, prone to do, I have lots of domains I've purchased over on Hover and uh, they aren't being used for much of anything. And so now they are being used for uh, email addresses that are tied to my, my uh, account. So um, you can email me at me at mica.space if you want to, or me <laughs> at mica.tech if you want to. I can't promise I'll answer, but uh, <laughs> there it is. And I've got like several of them now. It was really... Uh, I was impressed with how easy it was to set up. It walks you through the process that you have to do to like change your um, DNS records on Hover and or wherever it's from and all those places. And it was very... Um, it once it once it clicked and everything you know refreshed it just worked and that's one of those things that you want to just work because dns record management is already hard Mm -hmm. enough as it is so uh yeah iCloud plus stuff i think is pretty awesome um and that is that's the feature i'm most excited about all righty let
3: us move to our final topic which comes from james so we're eighteen months into one of the most stressful times in modern memory, with many people reaching previously unknown levels of extended emotional and physical burnout as society seemingly falls apart around us. So my question is, what new Apple technology did you order this week <laughs> to make you briefly feel something, anything, again?
0: Oh God. Oh sorry, I was underneath my desk. I forgot to take my mic with me. Um way to wait to bring the podcast down. Uh <laughs> The only thing I ordered was a new iPhone, and I'm not even sure that made me <laughs> feel that great. Um, I'm excited about the new iPhone 13 Pro, which will replace my 12 Pro, but I felt this year in general that while there were some cool features, there was nothing that really excited me a ton. Um, I think some of the photography stuff like the macro mode and the telephoto lens is cool. I'm looking forward to being able to use those on the pictures that I take you know, around my house um and uh, other than that yeah i I didn't really didn't really order anything but i am coveting a new ipad i'm just hoping both apple revises the ipad air at some point in the not too distant future to make it a little more competitive and uh i need that new bigger apple silicon imac that i I just need one i need one so apple if you're listening get on that brie what about you
2: uh i ordered nothing Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. I have self-control. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Lie! really. I- well, th- that's the job. you have the app because, anyway? Well, well, I don't have self control because, like, <laughs> you know, I, Apple devices are methadone, and I've moved on to like a fourth Porsche and a PM- TMNT pinball machine for my house just to feel something. So, um, you know, but th- but this week with Apple, I uh, I did not buy anything. I just don't think the value is there for this iPhone, only because I upgraded last year to the uh, to the 13 uh, Pro Max. Uh, I'm already a bad photographer, no advance. In, in Apple, uh, camera technology is going to help me. Uh, so, uh, I'm just, I'm seeing it out this year. I did buy an iPad mini for my husband, uh, cause he wanted a small uh, device to read in on in bed. Uh, but yeah, for me, just sitting this out.
3: Uh, it was
1: interesting this year, in last year and i think the year before that knowing that i that my company would be purchasing the device um i was obviously excited to get it and uh be able to use it but this year even knowing that i wasn't having to pay for it i was still kind of reluctant to make the purchase mm-hmm. of the iphone 13 <laughs> just because it was like uh um but Um, I, you know, I I am going to be getting that one, but it didn't make me feel anything, James, is what I'm saying. (laughs) What did make me feel something is that new iPad mini. I went during the event, well, after the event came to a close, as soon as pre-orders opened to get that iPad mini, because I am super pumped about that. I have quite large hands. And so I just, I can't wait to have this tablet, this little tablet, little buddy in my hand, and be able to use it as like a a notepad and uh, a sort of portable device that has everything that i would want to do with an ipad on it so yeah that one made me feel something for sure and i do think that when the green apple watch is ready to pre-order i will also feel something about that too because it's green and i'm excited about that (laughs) james tell me uh tell
3: me your feels um in in the run-up to the event i wasn't actually sure that i needed anything you know, even though, of course, I want to help a struggling company like Apple stay afloat in these trying times. But the one thing I like even more than propping up late stage capitalism is (laughs) being able to see properly. And my vision had a sudden decline just over a month ago, quite probably stress related. Um, And when I'm out and about, I don't always have my reading glasses, my new reading glasses on me. So I took my existing iPhone 11 Pro and I switched on the display zoom thing, you know, that makes everything a bit bigger, um, which helps, but you lose a lot of the screen real estate. So I have entirely because of this, I have bought an iPhone 13 Pro Max, which I figure when it's zoomed in will give me basically the same screen content as my old phone, but big enough for me to actually see, uh, in the rare occasions when I'm outside, um, and I got the blue one in a blue case to reflect my cheery mood. Yeah, I, I mean, could have also bought a second pair of cheap glasses instead to keep in my jacket, <laughs> um, which would have been somewhat cheaper. Um, I have actually done that also, but I just I do want to take better pictures of my local squirrels. Better pictures of my local squirrels. That sounds like a. Like an album title or something
0: anyway <laughs> that's four topics now we have just enough time for a bonus topic today so let me ask you really quick do you cook on electric or gas or something else I guess Bree?
2: <laughs> what state <laughs> do I live in Dan what do you think
0: <laughs> that could there's a lot of
2: ways that could
1: go <laughs>
2: <laughs> well it's it's there's one choice here it's Massachusetts gas of course propane mm-hmm. okay, okay. <sighs> I cook on electric
1: and uh, induction but by god i wish i cooked on gas i miss um the gas stove that i had growing up and i was recently in uh, san francisco uh, at a friend's place and he had a gas stove and it was beautiful and oh there's better control over (laughs) heat it makes for better cooking in general and uh yeah i miss having
3: uh, a gas stove for sure what about you james so, my wife does virtually all the cooking, so thank you, Dan, for exposing my patriarchal mm-hmm. oppression on an international podcast. You're welcome. Uh, but we do also have an electric induction cooker.
0: I, uh, to, to counterpoint Micah, I've had gas stoves, basically, for all of my apartments, and in our new house, we ordered an induction stove, which, uh, in theory, arrives this week. We'll see. Ooh. May not. Who knows? <laughs> It'll be very exciting to have a stove again, though. Either way. All right, that is all we have time for today. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest
1: this week. Brianna Wu, thank you so much for being here.
2: Time is the fire in which we burn.
3: (laughs) And James Thompson, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Always a pleasure. Kate, could you please add one to my total? Thanks.
0: (laughs) And we'll be back next week, Micah. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there,
1: watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.